0: The narrative is in flat track. Oh, you don't make any money spend. You know, how do you make a million? You spend 2 million. That's bullshit. Like we should be making money. It shouldn't be like looked at as selfish for these pro guys to go out there and make money. This this sport is dangerous. We put on a show for the fans. Um, We, the riders need to be making more money. Episode 111, 111, Tank Slapping Podcast. Fired up on a, what is it, Wednesday? Wednesday morning, recording, other side of the mic. Robert McClendon, how are you, dude?
1: What's up, what's up, man? Just uh, sitting here, we're checking the old Instagram, (laughs) the social medias. Oh, I forgot to check the one that you told me about, too, so I'm going to be checking that as well. What what are you talking about? Pretty excited. You said yesterday that you got sucked into another facebook argument oh
0: uh, yeah <laughs> something light, nothing nothing major there but uh i just you're forever have we ta- i know we talked about this on the show but you're forever robbie bobby um nobody even knows your last name pretty much <laughs> like anytime anybody ever like i was talking to ken salant just like an hour ago we were talking about something to do with promoting amateur racing and he, uh, he referred to you as Robbie Bobby. Like, it's just, it's just funny to me that's kind (laughs) of, I know. I love
1: it. I love it. Oh
0: man. Well, we, as promised, we have the rules package show. Um, it's not even that much really. Like I was going over the rule changes, the red line rules that they sent out this morning. And it's not really that much, nothing too spicy, but there's some interesting things and I'm sure we have, uh, have some input on that. Um, with that being said, two things I want to address. First and foremost, um, just found out uh Dick Weirbach passed away yesterday. I think it was um huge bummer. Not only was Dick a friend of so many in the paddock, um, he had his own race team, successful race team. They won a championship in the singles class with Mikey Martin. Uh, the list of riders that have ridden for Weirbach is is just insane. Like I honestly can't even begin to name all of them. I will give a shout out to Briar. Briar did ride for Weirbach. I know that cause he's my brother-in-law. You mentioned you rode for Weirbach, Rob, and I'll let you talk about that in a second. Yep. But, um, not only that, but Dick was a huge fan of our podcast. He actually would reach out almost every single show. He'd reach out with praise and comments and people like Dick. It just, um, it's, it's, we're really thankful for guys like Dick and, he actually reached out Monday. So the day before he passed away, he said he was looking forward to this, uh, to this podcast, you know, being a race team owner for so long, he was interested in what we had to say on, on the new rules package. So man, I'm super gutted to hear about that. Um, really cool guy, really funny guy, like underrated, funny, just always good to see him at the races. And, uh, yeah, we're going to dedicate this one to, uh, to Dick Rob. For sure, man. Yeah. It's, uh, Big bummer.
1: I, uh, as stated, I also rode for him back in, uh, back, back, back in the day. I don't even, I mean, they've been around forever and ever and ever. So I wasn't there first, obviously, but, uh, um, I rode for Dick and Bob rest in peace, uh, both of those guys. Um, but yeah, it's a, he was a unique guy, but you can't deny the fact that there's a lot of racers out there that either got their start or, you know, got some help from, from the we Um, uh, when I've actually first met Sammy Halbert, he was riding for them, I believe, uh, down in bike week in Volusia and as a pro sport. Um, like you said, Brier, uh, there, there's so many people, man. And they had really good results. I think, uh, Mikey Martin won a championship for him. Uh, those Hondas with the gold wheels, man, it's funny. Cause I've always loved gold and, and Dick had them things looking good, man. But, uh. Yeah, kinda kinda sombering. You know, I mean we gotta get a we got a good show here and I think uh, Dick would enjoy uh hearing about the rules. So we'll uh, we'll talk about the rules in his honor and you know, if anybody's got any cool dick stories to tell, then it <laughs> sounded really bad. But if anybody's got any cool yeah. stories to tell, share, share them on the comment section and uh let's uh, let's give him a proper send off, man, 'cause it's yeah. um it's it's co- it's kinda cool and unique that he would totally be loving the rules package uh, discussion. So, uh, I think it's awesome of you to let this be the, the Dick we're back special.
0: Yeah. And before we move on, it's kind of funny, actually, I have a funny story. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give some people a little bit of a laugh here, but I remember, and I don't even know why I remember this <laughs> for some reason. I have an immature sense of humor. You can just ask my wife, but, um, back in the day, obviously before Facebook, they had the flat track forum, flattrack.com uh, mm-hmm. Wayne Hazaka, I think that's how you say his last name. He was the, um, he ran the forum and that's where everybody used to bitch before Facebook. And, uh, and, um, when James Rispoli, he actually wrote for Weirbach and, um, he put like the budget on the forum. It was kind of funny, like, um, the budget for the year of what Phil paid for Phil Rispoli and what Dick Weirbach paid for. And it was just the way it was listed. It was like, Phil, you know entries dick entries uh fill hotels dick hotels and then the uh the one thing listed it was like fill fuel dick fuel and i remember like one of the older guys <laughs> in the forum was like dick fuel haha ha, that's funny like i don't know why i, I thought of that but just the way it was worded it was just like dick fuel so um and <laughs> one of the old guys called this was like 15 years ago and i just remember reading that and just like thinking it was like the funniest thing, just really immature sense of humor. But yeah, Richard Weirbach, man, he's a, he's a legend, but we'll get into this rules pod. Um, Before we get into it, title sponsor of our show keeps us going, keeps the sport going. Mission Foods, really excited to have them on board with what we're doing. So many great products. They do so much for amateur racing. If you can go out, support Mission Foods, if you can't find them at your local grocery store, order them online. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of places to order Mission Foods. It really does make a difference. They're spending so much money to keep Flat Track going. I honestly don't know how we would do it or how we did it prior to Mission Foods' as support. So make sure you uh, go out and uh, buy buy bags and bags of chips, man. We love to see it. So uh, Rob, let's get into get into the rules packages. Um, let me bring it up here on my... Um, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up too because I'm like... I like, I want to discuss it. I'm like, man, I don't want to
1: sound too dumb. Cause you've probably got them freaking memorized already.
0: Uh, not so much. I'm not a big, I'm not like a, like a nerd when it comes to rule book questions and things like that. I like to know what's going on, but I'm not much of a tech, a techie guy. Um, but, and even, I mean, I'm not even racing next, I'm not doing AFT next year, but it's uh I want the sport to succeed. And obviously I'm a big fan of the sport forever. So I got the uh the red line rules. So these are the red line rules, which basically means it's uh it's the summary for what is going to be changed, added, or taken away prior to the release, the official release of the rule book. But this kind of gives you a general idea of the changes and the rules have been honestly, this this should have came out and you know. I would August at the latest just because the, the the class structure is changing so there's so much that goes into this um, that teams need to prepare for so it's cool that it's out should have been out months ago um, but the effective date on this was October 21st Rob uh, do you have yep. do you have the red line in front of you we'll just go from the top to bottom um the, I don't uh, have them in front of me, but okay. pull,
1: pull, go ahead and pull them up, and then I'm I'm still working on getting them up on my end too. So you're
0: good. I have it up here now, and this one is uh this one's kind of funny actually. The first one, uh, riders over the age of 49 at the time of application, much must attach to their competition license application a medical fitness form, including a normal exercise tolerance electrocardiogram signed by a doctor. The medical fitness form is available upon request. <laughs> ah, so fun. Um, yeah, I guess 49 years old is ancient, Rob. Uh, the way we're talking here, it's like we're you know, it's like the old folks' home. But uh, I I think it's funny. This is a funny rule, man. I don't care. Uh, it's funny to me because I I'm big in the fitness, and I train with I've trained with kids uh, people of all ages. Like I train with the young kids like Cody cop and Trent and all these singles kids. And I've trained with, I'm going, I'll go on a bicycle ride later today with uh, my local bicycle group. And most of those guys are 60, 70 years old. Like I go out and I train with these 67. There's a seven year old guy that rides bicycles with me. Who's a fucking animal. Like this guy is a beast. He hangs with me on a bicycle for 30, 40 miles. So um, I just think, and then I go out with these younger kids and you see these singles riders who they're hurting in like an eight lap semi. So I just think the fitness thing, especially up to age or okay. So it's rider riders over the age of 49. I don't know. I just think it's all, it's all relevant to who you are. Um, I don't think there's, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I don't even, I didn't know what to say. Like, I think every, if they're going to make the riders over age of 49 do it, they should pretty much make everybody take a fitness test. Like I feel like we're in gym class, uh, back in gym class, taking a fitness exam, but uh, yeah, I don't know, Rob, I know you're like a a specimen when it comes to fitness. So what are your thoughts? On it?
1: <laughs> well, from an old fat guy like myself, uh, I'm almost 40 by the way. Holy crap. So I still got nine years before I got to worry about anything. If I just make my wait, AST wait, come real, back
0: real quick, you're almost 40. I thought you rode 40 plus last year at one of the races.
1: Um, I mean, I'm forty-ish. I don't even remember. It's like I'm between forty-one and thirty-nine and three-eighths. But uh, but yeah, it outlaw races. You know, they they didn't check my ID. So what, what are they gonna do? I mean, you, yeah. you can call me a cheater all you want to, but you know, I still run the amateur class too. It's not like I'm like hiding from the amateur kids. I just like to run as many races as possible as you can imagine. <laughs> and, and I know you're not complaining because that's just one more set of entry fees for you, big promoter guy. Uh uh-huh. um, But to the, uh, to the issue at hand, um, I mean, you're exactly right. I, I don't understand where, like, where'd they pull out number 49 other than, than maybe coast is almost 49, but uh, I don't know. Like you said, okay, perfect example. Um, Greg Kaiser, we'll use him as an example. That dude is an animal. He's, remember back in Savannah, the old days, he was still probably 40-something years old running up front on them um, PBR Honda's. The PBR Precision, but yeah, no, uh, it was for, um, uh, the
0: Pullman brothers. Pulliam. the Pullman, yeah. Yeah, but
1: I think I think their business is like PBR, or PBW, or something. But but anyway, perfect example though. If you look at him right now, other than like you, me, some of the other top guys, like that dude's. Forgive me, Greg, if you're listening, but you got to be sixty, 60? but the dude's yeah. body looks like he's twenty-one. You know, like, but then, you know, no offense, but there are some racers out there. Uh, I love you, Jones, but uh, you know it's a perfect example you know he he's needs to work on his fitness some um as does you know several other riders myself included if i ever came back it's not like um i'm i'm immune to this as well so i don't know man i i like that they're that they're being critiquing but it almost seems to me like it's is this the ronnie jones rule who who else are we
0: looking at ronnie jones maybe
1: to be honest um,
0: Ronnie Jones is a savage. Like I, I know. follow him I on know. Strava and he, that dude is, I think he's 62. And I would put his fitness up against 99% of everybody. For in sure. So it's all relevant, man. I think it's funny as shit, man. And who, honestly, like I you, to think, who, who else do we have? That's, well, let's just look, I mean, we are not
1: the call out police, but <laughs> I know there's a couple guys in production that are a little bit above age, but I think that's, Basically it. So maybe they're trying to do this for the guys that are moving from production to super twins when they combine it. I'm assuming it's kind of a random that,
0: rule, honestly, like I, uh it
1: really is like, has anybody is okay. I, know, I hate to say this, but we don't have like a large abundance of racers falling off the track, having a heart attack or something, but let's see. Um,
0: I don't know the the top, the top level of fitness is, uh, like the top guys they're fit. I mean, they're as fit as any athlete in any sport in the world. Um, you know, it's it's incre- it's crazy the, the level of fitness at the top. But then at the bottom, there's some guys that are, it's really bad. Like if you're going to be a pro racer and you get tired going in a circle for eight minutes, you need to work on it. I mean, it, it's, not, it's not rocket science. Like go out, ride your motorbike. If you can ride a motorbike for 15, 20 minutes, going in a circle for eight minutes should be no problem. So uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It was just, it's just a funny rule, man. I just reading that.
1: Well, I'm just looking here too, so I don't know. And forgive me, guys, if, if I'm offending you. I don't mean to, but you know, how old is Pat Buchanan? How old is McAllister? Ketchum? I think let's pick on him. Uh, I mean, Jordan Harris, he's got to be freaking he's old. Younger he than looks me. old. He's
0: younger
1: than me. Oh, he looks old. Pat
0: Buchanan's a beast but too. That guy's a really he beast is. Too. He is a beast. It's like all but these older so... guys are fine. It's like the younger guys they need to they need to do a presidential fitness test for the for the younger younger guys i mean
1: if you think about it look at i know we're so far away from that especially money wise but formula 1 you know they test everybody you got to you got to like of course they're going with some serious g's at 200 miles an hour but um i just the over 49 doesn't really i mean if if you're in shape i don't care if you're 20 or if you're 55 like you're in shape you know what I mean yeah it's all
0: relevant so I'm, I'm not
1: sure I'm not sure I wonder I wonder if there was a official AFT like doctor on hand that came up with that or if it was you know I I don't know because even you know like looking back at Ketchum or like you said um, Buchanan like they're like smaller guys as far they're not like old fat dudes. like if it was like me out there I'd be like okay they got a point you know what I mean like all right <laughs> this dude's this dude's over 200 pounds, and and his face is as red as the sun when he comes off the track after one four lap qualifying session. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. All right, move, moving along. It anyway, yeah. one, maybe it's an insurance love, thing. Who the
0: hell knows? But uh, yeah,
1: you know, you never know. But it right. is what it is. So, Ronnie Jones, you got to go get a test, man. Hit the elliptical,
0: guys. <laughs> get the bow flex going. It'll be all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So they're taking away the riders who participate. So you used to have to participate in a minimum of three races to be eligible for a license that was very subjective like uh no offense to Sipesy, but you know Sipes would do just the tts he wasn't you know he wasn't making that cut every year for the minimum and they would still let him get his license which they should i don't i don't think you need you should have to do a minimum they were trying to keep like the part-time guys out it seemed like but uh that rule is crossed out so i i think it's gone that's good um i think yeah Back in the day, you could just show up and do, you'd have like a Lima specialist. You'd have like a Peoria Springfield guy that would just show up, do one or two races, call it a day, go home. Uh, I think that rule is, I think it's good that what they've done here is uh, eliminate that from yeah. what I see.
1: Love it. Love it. Because you know what excites me? Like just the prospect of seeing like Vander come back out <laughs> to Springfield on his privateer Indian with no sponsor stickers on his leathers and run up front. So if you're listening Vanderkirk. I know you're like a doctor, lawyer, some super smart genius nerd, but get your ass back out on the track,
0: man. We want to see you at Springfield this year. Uh, Isn't he like
1: a super mega nerd? I mean, he's, I don't he's know what of, exactly he's, he's
0: he does, smart. but he he is very smart and he has like a some sort of legit. Uh, uh, <laughs> can you
1: <laughs> can you imagine like he goes to work on Monday and he's like, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I had this tech conference this weekend or I had this doctor's thing, and he's like. Yeah, man, I, I was out going hundred and forty miles an hour, like an inch away from another dude. They're like, Wait, what?
0: Right on. <laughs> like
1: whether he's a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, like what the point is he's super smart, but this rule kind of eliminated him. Yeah. And it's good that they're kind of looking at ways to bring back more more racers because nothing's cooler. Let me go on this little brief story real quick about this. It does pertain to this, but I was reading cycle news the other day, like the old cycle news in a in a the magazine style, the big magazine. And there was a sh- a story, I forget his name, but he was a Triumph dude. I think it was like Castle Rock or somewhere northwest It's like super TT guys. The dude wrecked, came back, finished, and actually won. Like, he didn't even know he won, but he was just like on a mission. Man, is it Brad Hurst or something like that? Somebody, we got to look it up. I know some of our listeners will be able to tell us. But long story short, he was just a TT specialist at that particular track. So he had the hometown heroes. Like, that's the kind of shit we need is like, we need a cheering section. Look at when Rossi used to go to the Italian races. Of course, most races nowadays, but he had a Rossi section, like just pure yellow hairs. Like we need like a section for Vanderker. Like if he's a doctor, everybody in that section needs to be dressed up in doctors' gowns and wearing scrubs or something. Does that make sense? Like how cool is that to be able to have the the local hometown heroes back? I, I think it's gonna be awesome.
0: Yeah. No, I I don't know about I don't know if we're gonna have all the doctors showing what? up, but everything else, yeah.
1: What's your uh what's yeah, the doctor section. What is uh what's gonna be your your hometown track when you make your comeback? Like what's gonna be the (laughs) track that brings Corey Texter back? And don't say Daytona part one, because you can't retire at the last race of twenty two and then trust me, come out of retirement for the first race of twenty (laughs) three. I get it. Looking
0: at the schedule now, if there was one that would get me out of bed, it would be Daytona Short Track. And it's literally the first race. So no, I'm out. I'm I'm definitely not uh definitely out retired, but If they ever have a national on a concrete indoor, I almost feel obligated to do it. So, but on your 2010, yeah, yeah. The weapon. Um, But what we've only had one, uh, no, I would do it on the twin. Like I would, I'd feel confident that I, you know, I would want to, my goal has always been my first and main goal in this sport was always to win a national at the top level. Like I would have rather have won one GNC premier level race then win a championship um uh, money wise it it doesn't add up the championship was was way better than winning a race but growing up uh, a camel pro kid 90s kid going around the you know country watching the races uh, my goal was always to win a race and we got a couple podiums but um, if we, if they had a race at t- like Timonium, which would never happen, I would feel obligated to, uh, to do that. So, but I think the last concrete indoor we had was, I think it was, Cowell yeah, but I it was, was there. 2006. Right. So it was,
1: no, it was, oh,
0: it might've been, I went to one in like maybe Oh four or
1: something. Maybe 04, Oh four. Maybe it was oh
0: five. I'm probably off. I don't remember. Probably, yeah. Yeah.
1: Drove the entire way from Pensacola to San Francisco, <clears throat> met up with Jason Tyre in the pres and some dude followed his name Beer Knuckle Bob and he melted his brakes on a in the middle of nowhere. Like it was great, yeah. Grabbing the press, some ham sandwiches out of the cooler for the drive. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I would I would maybe do that, but shit, that won't happen. So I think we're good. Um next rule change, right. very minor. Uh, riders for the AFT twins license. It was changed to 17 years. Now it got changed back to 18 years. So, oh man! Shout I can out! just see. Shout out, Dallas Daniels, man. He squeaked in there. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's shit. like, uh, no, that's funny. That's like the uh, the Mark Marquez rule. They used to have a MotoGP where you couldn't be a rookie on a factory bike, and all of a sudden Marquez comes in. And, oh, rips all. We're changing their game. No offense, I love love Tim Essenson a lot, but you know the Michael Locke fan club just loves this one because it might as well just be called the Dallas Daniels rule. But, but I don't, I don't I mean, think I it matters. Like, I think if you're doesn't.
0: 16, if you're 16, you should be able to ride a twin. I personally think, um, yeah, dude, especially if
1: you can prove that you're you're safe, you're respectful of the other racers around you, which a lot of you know 16, 17 year olds maybe aren't. But Dallas is, as we all know, he's he's pretty
0: special. So yeah, I mean. I'll I would mean, let to, that kid run the pro class at 12. <laughs> well, to be honest, I've I've had Evan Renshaw on my twin
1: since he's been 13 yep. years
0: old. Like I've had, I've been yep. having him ride my twin quite frequently, and there's some racetracks where I think he could borderline in production. I think he could have borderline been a top five guy on some of those races on my twin. Like that kid can ride a twin good. And you know, it's all relevant. The, uh, the age thing's all relevant. Like you got to have some sort of a guideline. Like you don't want 10 year old kids out there on a twin, but, uh, yeah, I think if you're going to turn pro at 16, I think you should be able to pick twin or single, um, at that. Well,
1: point. yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't like the age really thing. I like more, more the, um, oh what's the word here? I, I like, I don't even want to say experience because there's well, perfect example, Renshaw has probably got 15 years of experience and he's, what, 17 years old? So, yeah. so I mean, it's like he's got just as much experience as otherwise. And there's also guys on Twins that have ridden like idiots before. I mean, back in the day, people used to always want to fight over in the pits with, with, with Halbert, you know. He was just maybe a little aggressive on the, the Twins when he was first getting on them. But, a little. You know, he's, yeah, just a smidge. But he's he's calmed down too. But, you know, my point is that there's guys that are – 30 years old that make bonehead mistakes just like guys that are 16. So it is yeah. what it is. It's a rule. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Uh I, it's not I don't want to say I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's we don't we shouldn't give that one too much more time.
0: Yeah. So congratulations, um, Dallas. You have a rule, <laughs> Dallas. I think I had a rule at one point. Um oh and never mind. I was in district six. It was you couldn't like if you blew up a bike, you couldn't like go to the back. Like it's an AMA rule. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So having your own rules is pretty cool. Um for the okay so race rules and procedures uh this so this is this is a big one and this is kind of it's a lot um i'm going to read it off the way it the way it's stated um well i'm going to summarize it actually so the, the top 32 from qualifying um will be seated into... sorry i'm laughing top 32 like we're going to get 32 riders and hey we might we might when they're combined what okay before we get into that what is your What's the average twin count going to be, in your opinion, for next season? I would
1: think – I'm going to say 25 is average, 22 to 25.
0: Okay, what's the lowest twin count we're going to get?
1: I hate to say this, but probably any of the TTs because you got How many guys that just don't uh, – a, a TT, 15.
0: Fifteen's a little low. I think we'll get seventeen, eighteen on the TTs. Uh, and well, then... I'm just looking at how many did we have it. At... Well, actually, we had a
1: few come out of the woodwork at Castle Rock. Never mind. I was thinking, of course, I hate hate that Dan Stanley got hurt, but uh, um, like like Buffalo Chip, you know, is another one. It's like, man, it's like the coolest race ever. But as a twins rider, am I really going to drive all the way out west to race my twin around a parking lot? I don't know. I mean, just I hope depends. I'm wrong. Like the... I hope
0: there's Depends what the purse structure looks like too. We'll get into that, but yeah, I don't think you're far off on your numbers. Like, but anyway, the top 32 from combined qualifying will be seated into two heat races. The top six from each heat will make the main riders finishing seven through 16th in their heat. will go to a 10 lap LCQ. The top seven from LCQ will advance into the main plus one spot for a provisional it. starter. So two chances to make the main and there'll be a provisional so if you don't i mean with the rider counts three chances to make the main you guys are getting your uh asterisk national number here uh it'll complete Well I love tw- I love this. A 20 rider grid I don't like it. So we'll we'll argue about it here in a second. 20 rider grid <laughs> for the main the FT Super Twins purse will pay down 32 positions 1 through 20 from the main 8 to 20 from the LCQ. Okay, so why do you like it?
1: Uh, a couple of reasons. Because there's been multiple times in the past few years where we've had just straight to a semi to where a dude could, uh, I've seen somebody break a chain. Nothing to do with the mechanic, nothing to do with anything, just a random mechanical failure. Or you can say tire <laughs> tire popped. You know, We've seen the flat tires. Well, you drive 2,000 miles or more and you get, qualifying and in, in your race you have a mechanical well you're packing the you're packing up and what if it's you know Mies or Breyer or an actual championship contender like we we had a fuel line connector break when dalton was leading the championship in sturgis at the half mile a, a stock fuel line nothing fancy nothing special you know nothing out of shape it worked all day we didn't take the tank on and off but it just decided it 10 laps into the feature it was going to break well Actually, that doesn't really matter because we're already in the feature, so I guess that's irrelevant. But just move it back to a semi is what I'm saying. Before, you either had a provisional or, you know, in our case, in one of the other races, we didn't even have a provisional from lack of points from the year before. So I like having an extra shot to make the main plus. More bikes on the track for the promoter. You know, it's always better to have more racing. I remember people complaining the downside to that was that Use like Breyer as example, or Jared or Vanderkoy, whoever the top guys, you're only going to see them in a heat race and then the main, you know. And they're like, Well, we want to see the fastest guys on the track all the time. Well, sorry, like, you know, they're getting prepared for the main. So I don't know. Uh, I, I like it. I, I like it. So what's your argument?
0: No, <clears throat> I actually like that part of it. So I like that there's a heat and an LCQ. LCQs are really entertaining. Like, if you watch supercross, I, the order of events for me, that I want to watch is the main event, then the LCQ. I don't really care about the heat race so much because that's pretty straightforward. Like Mies is going to win one or JD Dallas and Breyer, B Rob, Vander they're going to win the other one. You pretty much know what you're going to get out of these heat races, the LCQ. It starts to get dicey, but the only thing, I don't think the LCQs will be as dicey because the top seven riders are going to advance to the main. And if you're correct on 25. I think it's going to be 20 to 23, 25 Twins Riders. You're not going to have to ride super aggressive to make the main. Like if you're a good rider and you get a decent start, you ride around in that LCQ, you're going to the main. Like there's no bonuses for winning an LCQ. Now if they took the top 2 from the LCQ, I think that would shake things up. Like in Supercross there's 22 guys on the gate, they take 4. Shit gets dicey. Um so that's entertaining. So I like I like having two chances to make the main. I like the LCQ for entertainment reasons. Uh, I don't think we need 20 riders in the main event. I like I like. Having Wait, back it, up real quick. Go ahead.
1: Back up real quick, real quick. You, so your only real complaint is the amount of riders that are taken from the. So I'm I'm not in a, a, a opposition to you on that. Like if you're saying you're saying like instead of taking the top six from the heat race, maybe take the top eight. Well, goes, then you got it goes –
0: it goes to this what i'm getting out now is they're taking 20 riders to the main event um i think that's too. i think it's too many riders i think there should be some pres- no it's not about that i think there should be some prestige <laughs> i think there should be some prestige in making the main essentially we don't have 60 rider you know 60 riders coming to show up we're gonna have 20-ish riders, you know, maybe I'm hoping more, like I'm not, you know, I'm hoping there's 25, 28, 30, but if we have 24 guys, pretty much everyone makes the main then we're just, we're increasing the grid. I think if you make a main event, American flat track, at least when I was an expert coming through the ranks, it was a big fucking deal. Like you make the main, you're a bad dude. Like there's national champion riders back then who didn't make the main. So now we're bumping up the rider count for the main, It's like participation ribbons, like, oh, you get in the main, you get in the main, oh, sick, I'm in the main too, yeah, your cousin's in the main, your brother, your Uncle Harry, like, we're all in the fucking
1: main. Yeah, but you're putting the cart before the horse. I I feel like, and I I don't know this for a fact, this is my speculation, I feel like they're doing this to increase and get more riders off the sidelines. And then maybe they can change it back in the day, but you're exactly right, like, back then, dude, like, I, I never like had the opportunity to be like man i got my national like i I always had a c you know i made hot shoe mains which was still pretty tough back then but it wasn't like a grand national main so i get your point but we don't have a hundred dudes signing up right now hopefully that grows again like i'd love to see it and i think this is the right way to do it to to give people because if if put it this way me personally if i'm back and i'm 19 20 years old thinking my dreams of traveling to the races and i go to a track like fuck man i'm I'm not good at miles because I never raced miles really before. Well, I know that I got a little bit better shot now to make the main in the mile because you're going to get experience. You put a little bit of money back in your pocket. You know, yeah, there's no quote unquote national numbers anymore to to give it that prestige, which sucks. But at the same time, dude, what if there's a a dude that's like, damn, man, like I really need to at least make this 500 bucks in the main, like to get gas to get back home. I mean, because there's still people that are doing that, looking for results just to get – you know, fuel money. So I, I like it. I mean, we can agree, disagree. I mean, I don't care about the number out of the the heats. Like, I'd be fine with taking the top eight, and then that's sixteen. So four out of the semi. Like, cool. Like, add some spice to it. Like you say. Like, we want to see those last lap slide jobs, especially to get the last chance to
0: the main. So I just think I, 20, I like it. Twenty is a big number for racetracks like Daytona Short Track. I mean, if you watch the races now, the the discrepancy from I don't know if that's the right word. I'm f- trying to be fancy here. You're talking <laughs> my, about the, the with time. My, the, with my vocab. Um, Yeah, like if you put the top – so there's 20 guys in the main. Those 15th through 20-place guys, they're going to be way off of like Jared Meese, Briar Bauman, J.D., like Dallas. They're going to be way off the pace.
1: Um, Yeah, but that brings you to the next rule. If you look under it, they've addressed that.
0: Yeah, well, and then I do want to say like I don't mind the tw- the purse, so like they're gonna pay out thirty two positions. Obviously, me, Spryer, the guys that win, they're not probably not gonna like it as much because that money's gonna get shrunken somewhere. It's probably gonna be shrank from the top. So instead of making, I don't know, I, th- I think some races it's like 7,500 7, bucks. They'll probably make significantly less unless they get more money to pay out. But um, I do like so like for my races personally, I pay out everybody in the dash for cash. I pay out everybody in the main event, um, you know, and I, I don't stack the top. I like to pay out one through 12. Nice didn't love it because he won the race and he, he thought, you know, the winner should make half the purse. And I'm like, eh, I like to kind of, I like to feed the pot out some more to these guys so they can make, you know, make it worth their time. So I like the purse structure. I'd have to see it. It, It's kind of broad right now, but yeah, I just don't love, I just don't love the uh, the 20 rider grid. I think it's too many, but you know, everybody's got their opinion on it. I just, I just like the prestige fact factor, and I mean, this is pro racing. It's not a cherry, like it's not a participation ribbon thing. Like, if you want to be a, you, you want to make a career in this, you want to be a badass, you know, professional racer. You, you got to get the job done. I mean, when I do bad, like it's on me. Like, I make a, like Springfield. I was awful. I did, you know, I got ninth. I made like sixty nine dollars. That's on me. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, so. Anyway, hey, so off subject. <laughs> Go
1: ahead. Did you see the trailer for Avatar Two came out?
0: I've never seen Avatar one. I don't know. Oh my god. Alright, move back Avatar. to the rules.
1: You're you're terrible. I'm i I'm almost done with you for the day. I'm about to hang up. I've never
0: seen Avatar. I've never seen any of the Star Wars. Um
1: I haven't seen Star Wars either. But you probably think Titanic was, was fiction, huh?
0: No, no, I love I'm a big Titanic guy. Yeah, I'm a I'm and a big cry. His, I'm a big history buff. Like I you probably cried, didn't you? Uh, You're no, like, didn't, why I didn't she cry. move over for Leo? There was plenty of room for two on that door. I cried at Harry Potter when, uh, when Albus died, when uh, Hedwig died. So I'm a I'm a Potter fan, but uh,
1: I am too, but only for Universal Studios. Like I'll drink 400 butter beers, but I don't even want to watch the movies. The would. Roger's great. <laughs> anyway, so, good. so hey, uh, wait, wait. What's wait next?
0: Real, real quick, I want to make sure we shout out some more of these sponsors and make it happen. <clears throat> Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Race Star Flex, the Moto 9, Moto 10, great products. The amount of riders that are wearing Bell, it's it's increasing every year in flat track. We love to see it. Quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. So let's talk about the qualifying rule. They're not super, I mean, kind of important, I guess. It was kind of subjective anyway. But the uh, 107% qualifying rule is gone. And then, if a rider is in jeopardy of being lapped by the leader a second time, AMA Pro officials may black flag that rider. Um, Cool rule. I mean, it's in flat track, it's hard, especially on short tracks, to know with 20 riders to know exactly who the black flag is for. Like, I've heard a lot of guys say, Oh, I didn't know they were black flagging me. So, you throw in more riders on the grid, it might be hard to, you know. I guess you can hold the number board up, but I don't know. It gets hard. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll be whatever.
1: it'll cool. be all right. I mean, I'm not used to getting lapped like you are, so it's like not really relevant to me. But I mean, I, I get it. I see your point. I uh, yeah, was so, a lapper joke. That was a lapper joke for
0: you. You didn't it, laugh, but it's all cool. good, man. Everyone's been lapped at some point, so. um that's true. Why so, that's so true. It is true. It's crazy. Um, so Yamaha. Has Jared has been lapped? he's been lapped for sure. Everyone's been lapped at some point. Whether or not you just mean lapped at? I've been lapped with Briar before. Um, so Briar's a two-time champ, and I've been lapped in the same race as Briar. So I'm sure Was that his was, Buffalo chip? No, it was actually Springfield Mile. Um his bike wasn't running good. My clutch was fried and neither one of us wanted to pull off because it was one point, you know, <laughs> one point and like $200. So we were literally having like a slow race around Springfield mile. We had like, we were probably going 60 mile an hour down the straightaways. And, um, when the pack came around, the lap us, we were safe. We got completely out of the way and he was looking at me waiting to pull off. I was looking at him and he eventually caved and pulled off and I pulled off a half, a, half a lap later. <laughs> I got the extra point, but yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, good times. Uh, All right, but I do like the. It says may. Here's what I don't know about, like,
1: because it all it does give them room for interpretation when it says AMA Pro Racing officials may black flag that rider. Like, if you're two laps down, it should just be a mandatory black flag. Like, you're not making up one lap, number one. But if you're two laps down, there's a reason for it. Like, you got something wrong. I mean, even the slow. Like, if I don't even know if I would get lapped two laps down in a like Daytona short. Term. Well, maybe depending on if it's a long
0: race. Cause I would get tired for sure after 20 laps, but I'm just, I would just, I, like I, mean, you like, said, I don't like them. Usually there's some reason why everyone's good enough. That makes the main talent wise that they're not going to get lapped twice based on talent. Like if it's an issue with the bike, something track kind of conditions, maybe. Um, yeah, then you should probably, uh, then that's, that's a fine rule. So, um, Moving on, want to give a shout out. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out the new 2023 motorcycles on their website. I ordered a 23, 450. I'm stoked to get it. I'm uh, moving up to a big boy practice bike rob. I was running a 250 for a few years and time to uh time to, you know, move up to the four fifty. So they have a really But you co- retired, so why? Ah, I just gotta keep sharp, man. Just uh I don't want Why don't wanna... you
1: just donate it to me? I'm you're still reti-
0: racing. Okay, okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll sponsor you. That you don't want to ride my bike, the suspension. Well, we'll get it set up for me. It. All we'll right, fair enough. Anyway, the new bike is is sick. They've done a lot of cool things with that 450 Yamaha's been crushing it at all levels and flat track, Moto America, you know, World Super Bike. Everything they've been doing, they're crushing it. So shout out to Yamaha for supporting mm-hmm. what we do. Check out their website, at Yamaha YamahaMotorsports.com. Let's see here, uh, all classes no so they used to i didn't even know this was a rule until i saw it happening last year but in super twins you could i think it happened at volusia right with jd um the bike broke Mm -hmm. and then you can switch bike even even when the race has already started so i don't like that rule at all i think it's confusing like i think once you go out on the track with that bike if it breaks you're done i mean sorry it's just yeah I, i think it gets way too complicated letting people switch bikes after the race started.
1: Yeah, I, I agree on that. I mean, I think you should be able to go to a backup bike or you should be able to have a backup bike for like the next session or whatever. But, but realistically, you know, there's there's so many different things that, that could happen. I mean, just some, some just as simple as, oh, shit, we forgot to swap our transmitter. And then all of a sudden there's a timing and scoring issue, you know. And, and I mean, it does happen, you know, especially officials are going back and forth or looking at direct bike or I think like – if there's oil on the track, there's uh, there's so many multiple things they need to be worried about other than, you know, hey, there's this second bike. I know it went through tech, but some guys never even ride their second bike all day, so it creates another safety issue, too. Like, you put them out there on a cold bike, cold tires, cold engine, like, and they're already at the back of the pack. They got to, you know what I mean? Like, you get, you get antsy, and you try and move forward too fast, and an accident might happen or something like that. So, I – I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this rule. Like, I don't think, you know, once you start the race, if you have a DNF, you have a DNF. I mean, if you, another thing too, like, and I'm not pointing out JD's, excuse me, I got something in my throat, but if you have a, if you have a, a mechanical, if you have a mechanical and you say oil down the track, but then like, Oh man, you just basically ruined everybody else's race. But you know, here's a fresh start for you on a fresh bike with fresh tires.
0: Well, Moto America, if you drip oil all over the track, you're disqualified. I mean, like Wyman, I think this year on the Harley, mm, yep, um, yep. I thought like when I was doing the race control Moto America, American, I was kind of like studying the rule book. I thought that, I mean, it makes sense. Like if you, I mean, it's not your fault that the bike breaks, it's not the rider's fault, but someone should be held accountable. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree at all. I think that rule is, is fine. I mean, um, we don't have cool. that rule structure in flat track. Uh, I actually, Moto America, they, they be handing out fines a lot more frequently, just pit pit lane speeding. And uh, man, I was giving out pit lane speed tickets. Like I was the freaking sheriff, man. It was just like $250 here. I mean, it's a safety thing, but I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, it keeps people in check. You start handing out hundred dollar fines. These guys are, uh, we don't do that in flat track. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting, but Moving on, Rob, I don't think anything looks like the fuel, C10 fuel, Dunlop tires. I think the tire compounds might change. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Dunlop's actually a sponsor of the pod. So have to hit up our uh, friends at Dunlop, Michael Buckley, everybody that supports us. 19-inch flat track tires. They They are big supporters of obviously they they signed a new 3 year deal uh with American Flat Track and they support us on a local level heavily so shout out to Dunlop but yeah that's what I heard Rob they uh, they're thinking about maybe mixing up the compounds um maybe okay. maybe eliminating i think personally they should eliminate the this the uh the R3 the F3 i don't think we need a soft tire choice i think the 5 is a viable tire um for instance like weedsport a lot of riders put on the R3 um and i personally i've i've won weedsport the last 2 years and i've ran the R5 so i i personally think that if we can simplify tire it's more cost efficient because we had R3s in our van all summer and we don't they don't have a lot of like we the gng we didn't have a lot of room for a million tires in our truck and we just never used it. I mean, we wanted that option in case, for some reason, it was better. But I think simplifying it to just the R five, and then the R seven on the miles, I think would be. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I'm 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 in agreement. I don't love the
1: the three over the five. I mean, it's, I don't remember what it, the difference is on the durometer, but uh, on the on the track, you know, there was a couple of tracks that we ran, and I was like, all right, we need to get on this three. And then we do try the five, you know, and it's like, damn, well, all right. Well, the five is just as fast. And it's a little more consistent, you know, it just, it depends, but there's probably dudes out there that are like, oh, I only ran threes unless it was a big track. So that's, that's fine too. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really care either way. I mean, I like the fact that, you know, if you just say, all right, everybody on half mile or smaller are going to fives and then bigger than a half mile, you got to run the eights or nines or whatever. And that's, that does simplify things for sure. And it, and it creates, Less need to have extra tires on hand. It saves people money because, like you said, you didn't even use it, but you had one in case you needed it. And, you know, that's kind of the the thing. It's like, all right, well, it, you don't need it if you can't run it, so save money. But on the other hand, you know, I'm sure Dunlop spent a metric shit ton of money sponsoring the series. Um, so, you know, they're probably trying to recoup some of their investment by selling some more tires. So yeah. there's pros and cons to both, but I'm with you on that, man. Like the five the five is just a really good t- I wouldn't be scared to run the five on the mile even I mean it's just a really good tire you know and I'm not I shouldn't I should let me rephrase before somebody cusses me but on a single I wouldn't be afraid to run the five on the mile I don't know what a twin would do I know what we tried a five one time as a test on a mile on a twin and didn't like it but um but that's neither here nor there but anyway go ahead uh thanks big obviously big things to Dunlop they're they're badass we just I went back road racing a couple weeks ago and it was nice seeing all the the friendly Dunlop people there too and got some some really good tires. So yeah. And yep. I think
0: the R before we move on, I think the R three is a really good amateur tire for two fifties, you know, everything else. And it's obviously good enough to be ran, but just simplifying it will be uh would be a good thing. So moving on, this is kind of the big one and what everybody's been waiting for. The super twins technical rules. Honestly, there's nothing too crazy of a change from what we had last year in my opinion um the the biggest thing really that I think is big news is not for 2023 and I think this is because the rules we they got them out just a little too late um I think okay so for 24 so the following season liquid cooled engines may not exceed 800 CC air-cooled engines may not exceed 900 cc um so that basically so the ktm 890 it's really only good for next year which is kind of crazy because i know so many people are building those eight, eight those 890 ktms there's gonna be a lot more of those on the on the grid or whatever however you want to say it next year on the starting line so that kind of sucks but I agree. I don't know. I have a not a lot of input on this, but I just, I I think everything should be 750 cc at the most 800 cc. I don't like the fact that there's any 900 cc's out there. I think I don't know. Well, I just, I don't. Than, I, go ahead. Yeah, I'll. I'll
1: let you well, gonna, no. Well, I was just saying. So, what other what bike other than the because it says air cooled engines for 900. So, what air cooled <laughs> engine? Like nobody's going to be running a 883 Sportster, um, nobody's running the air-cooled Triumph Bonnevilles anymore that I know of. I mean, Triumph's not going to support it because they don't even they haven't made that engine in five years. It's almost you know, it, it's just an antiquated engine on their from their perspective. Plus, it's not a race bike, so they're not like probably trying to spend a bunch of development dollars on. So what's the point? Motors. Like that's what I
0: mean. Like that's what, what I'm
1: saying. Like I don't yeah. even know why. Why you might as well just make it air-cooled engines to 750 or 800. You know, I mean. If you make it 800, and guys, I don't know much about the XRs other than they were an amazing engine, but like, could the XR be competitive if you made it a... Well, actually, hold on. They probably have something for race-only engines, so they probably can't board out to an
0: 800, I'm sure. Yeah, so. this is production street bike engines only, liquid engines, not oh, okay. over 800.
1: Okay, so, yeah. I mean, so it's a pointless rule then, because nobody's going to run a Sportster 883. Actually, Harley don't even make a Sportster 883 anymore, I don't think, so... That's completely irrelevant. Like I said, the Triumph Bonneville. Oh, what? okay, time out. Air-cooled engine. so maybe they bore and stroke out the Royal Enfield? Maybe that's what they're hoping for, well, like, to make the Enfields more competitive? Yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, maybe. I don't know anything about that program, so I don't know where I they're to have, at with, with 900. That's Johnny. I mean, I haven't even, I haven't even seen a bit press
1: release or anything on, on Enfield, so I'm not sure what they're doing next year. Um, I heard mumblings of a two-rider team. I heard mumblings of... Johnny taking the reins as, like, a team manager, so maybe two new riders getting rides. I'm not sure, man, but... He's going to i'm I'm thinking that's...
0: I think Johnny I'm thinking, still Well, needs. yeah.
1: There's no way he doesn't run the, the TTs, at least. I know he loves them. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, that's probably for that well, one. Well, and this uh, is for 2024,
0: liquid, so, I mean, this is next year. So, anyway. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, li- so, li-
1: well, so, liquid... Well, liquid-cooled engines, 800... I, I mean, KTM did make the 790, but I don't think they do anymore. So it's kind of, that's another silly one. If,
0: if it's true, let me, do, you know what? Let's just, so look they're going to have to, you're going to have de- to deep, you know, whatever. You're going to have to turn the 890 into under, under 800. So you yeah. can run that bike for next year. But if you want to keep that motor package? I mean, realistically, is it worth even building a KTM 890 for one season? I guess it depends on your budget and who you are. But, um, I think, uh, I would say probably not, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, going off of like this year in production twins, like it, it totally it changed the landscape of the class when they started allowing nine hundreds because the Yamaha, it's it's not really feasible to make it bigger than a seven fifty. I know Essenson, I don't know what they run. I know they've probably had engines that were bigger than seven fifties, but for somebody like what we're doing. It's it's very challenging to make it bigger than what we have and keep the reliability with the budget. And then the Cali's, like all the Kawasaki's that went up to eight hundreds, they were really fast, but man, they blew up a lot. Like they had a lot of mechanical issues. So, um, but the Harley, for instance, like the Vance and Hines Harley, they have so much um, research over the years. You know, basically, it was their Super Twins package, and then they just, you know, so they. Certain bikes can do the 900 cc. The KTM's an 890. It's just, I don't know. I mean, people argue it all day, but well, the cc thing is. I why. just think it should be way, way more. It should be closer in range than 700 to 900 cc. Like I, I don't know. Well,
1: yeah, but you got to remember, man. You can make a, a 700 certain builds are faster than a 900, like engine characteristic wise. Like the thing I love about the KTM is that Wally Brown proved it pretty well that you could be competitive with a completely bone stock engine, which you know may or may not entice some people because I know there's flat track guys or, or tuners to the, for the most part. But, man, how nice is it that you just turn the engine on and all you got to do is worry about your suspension because the fuel injection does everything for you. I mean, it doesn't do everything, let's be real. But I guess what I'm getting, the reliability, I'm sure it kind of brings me back to the old TL-1000 days when people – Yes, they weren't as fast or good as the XR, but they were pretty damn close, especially towards the end. But they are like, yeah, man, we just changed the spark plugs and the oil because we felt bad. You know what I mean? Because, like, they just run all year, and then you got the guys on the XR 750s that pull them down after every single race. I don't know what level the Indians are needing to be pulled down, but, you know, it's almost like I feel in a way it's like, oh, awesome, KTM showed some excitement. They've got an 890. All right, we'll let them run it for one year, and then, you know, fuck them guys. They got to go, and now you got a guy that, you know, not only you got to buy the ktm engine but you got to take it completely apart send the crank off to marine crank de-stroke it debore whatever you're going to do but you're you're going to be no matter what you're adding 10 grand we'll just say 10 grand by the time you got to D-bore it stroke it whatever you're doing um because you're going to change cams, you're going to change all the other stuff now to make it work back as a smaller displacement engine because the power characteristics are different when they could have just said all right if you're gonna here's what i would have done like in road racing perfect example, the Ducati that's in super sport. Okay. You can run the KTM 890 and your engine has to be super sport spec or or whatever you want to call it, like stock spec. Meaning, yeah, you can adjust your valves, but you got to have the stock cams. You got to have a stock piston, stock crank. Boom. You know what I mean? All right. It's a win-win. Like for the guys that cannot afford or the, another example, man, like JE Pistons, like, or WESCO or whoever you're going to run. You got all these guys now trying to buy pistons to make it smaller. And all of a sudden here comes Daytona and Half of them aren't done because, you know, there's supply chain shortages of something or other. Yeah. You know, just, just make it, if you're going to run the 890, all right, and guess what? If you're going to put, all right, so say, all right, zero to 800 cc's or 750 cc's, you have super bike rules. You can bump it up 750, you can run a heavy crank, you can run cams, whatever. You want to run 800 to 900 cc's, then you fall under the super stock rules, meaning that If you come through tech and we pop that valve cover and it ain't stock right there, boom, you're gone. You're out. You're DQ'd. But your cars do this all the time, too, and other race organizations. You have to let them know. Even down to go-karting, like if I want to run an AKRA clone, I have to announce and tell them, like, look, I'm running the clone rules or I'm running the uh, AKRA or NKA rules. I know most people here don't give two shits about go-karts, but they have to tell you. And proclaim like, or the guys that want to tune on and build them. Hey, look, this is eight ninety, but we've got it D sleeve down to seven fifty, so we're running super bike rules. All right, cool, no problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I say no problem, obviously. But I just hate to see it now. Like, oh, thanks, Wally Brown. You guys did all this development. You guys ran up front. You proved that a stock engine could work in flat track. Here's all these other guys that followed suit. Oh, by the way,
0: after one year, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's the part I don't like. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is just, um, trying to have long, like trying to make these rules long-term. I mean, switching up, it just seems like every year it's like, we're, there's no long-term rules that make sense when it comes to this stuff. So some team out there, like they're, they're building these bikes and then, yeah, like Wally Brown, like now he's got a, you know, he's only good for one more year on the KTM and he's got a, reconfigure his whole package type deal on what he's doing. So I don't know. It's uh I'm not overly invested, I guess, in that rule package. I'm not a big tech guy, so I don't I'm not gonna pretend to know too much about it. But just based off experience, I felt like the landscape of the production twins class, it just like slowly changed every year where different like the Kawasaki essentially phased itself out. I mean you didn't see Dude, you didn't see any Kawasaki's where back in the day, if you, when they were starting the production twins class four years ago, if you told me there was only going to be one Kawasaki at some of the main events four years later out of 20-some bikes, I would have said you're crazy. So, yeah, it's it's interesting you for know, sure. So, we'll, yeah.
1: I would like B. Smith. I might, I might ask him personally because he's been around. He's ridden the Indian. But I'd like to know, like, Brian Smith, if with the rules as they are right now, could you guys bring your – you know, your Crosley, uh, Howardson, Cowie's out and, and run up front still. And I think he'd say, you know, yes on certain tracks. I don't think it would be as good everywhere as it once was maybe. I, I don't know. I'd love I'd love to. to I don't know. I still with, feel uh, like
0: it. Ricky's bike is every bit as good or better than what, and it's nothing against the Essendon guys, but that bike was very underrated. I mean, it's very underrated how good that bike was. I mean, when he came well, back and he did that one season against the Indians, I think it was 19. Um, I think it was just a bad year for him. I think they had some issues with the package and just some bad races, but toward the end of the year, they were, you know, he was on the podium with his Kawasaki against unrestricted Indians when, you know what I mean? So yeah. And I, and I've oh, ridden and- that bike, Rob. So, I mean, I, I tested that, that Crosley bike and it was just different, dude. It was just the way it revved and the way it handled, like they, the whole, the whole deal, like they, Ricky and Brian had a lot to do with it too, obviously testing the components. They they did a great, that bike is, that bike's awesome. I'd love to see, I'd love to see it out there, but.
1: Yeah. Well, also think of it this way too. Well, actually, I guess, I don't think, uh, I think twingling is is, uh, is now, I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, so imagine what that bike could have done if Ricky had the ability to, to twingle it on some of the tracks that like, because you know there's certain tracks that Essence and they don't even bring out their regular engines, they got twingles, you know, so, um, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I was just saying like, it w- we still haven't seen the full potential, but, um, anyway, go ahead. Uh, what's the next rule?
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll, i want to go over some sponsors here quick and do a little bit, a little bit of a uh, sponsor plug. So want to give a shout out to Indian motorcycle for what they do with our sport. It's, uh, it's, it's underrated what they've done. Like they've mentioned at the bank we talked about on our previous pod, they've given out more contingency money in American flat track than pretty much every brand. I think he said combined like twice as much contingency. So they they've come in, they've supported flat track and, and we just appreciate everything they're doing for the sport, everything they're doing for the podcast, big supporters of American flat track, moto America, super hooligan racing. And much more if you can go to your local Indian motorcycle dealership, test ride a bike, the FTR, the Scout Bobber, Chief, Challenger, Roadmaster. They have a great lineup of bikes, really cool motor clothes and apparel. Just uh really thankful for, for Indian motorcycle. And yeah, they're obviously going to stay involved at some in some form. They ain't going anywhere. I'm excited actually to see what it looks like, that landscape for next year. I think they're going to focus more on privateer racing and and uh, and things of that nature but yeah it's stoked to have indian motorcycle on board i want to give a shout out to moto america for everything they do for our podcast um everything they're doing on their social media pages is just phenomenal Um, they do a really good job waiting to hear some of their announcements for next year it's going to be a a crazy moto america season next year with superbike Uh, i've heard rumors i don't know well maybe they announced it i'm not sure, but. Cambovier is coming back to Moto America. You have Gagne. I think Danilo Petrucci is coming back. I think he wants to come back, which is cool. So we'll have Petrucci back on the grid. I'm certain it's going to be a really cool year next year, at Moto America, and excited to see what they come up with for, for their series next year. But yeah, we just want to give a shout out to Moto America as well. Uh, we got a few more here, Rob, that we'll talk about. I think that pretty much does it. Like I said, there wasn't too many here, but Um, They are going to take away the twingling. So uh, no more twingling, which is kind of just for those that don't understand what that means, it kind of alters the firing order of the cylinders. Um, It's not overly challenging to do, but it's also not something that privateer teams want to go out and do or have a twingled engine. It's more like the, I think the Essenson and the Harley, the XG, some of those teams, they, they tried it and I think it was good. Like I don't, I'd have to talk to the teams, but it obviously was very helpful for the most part with the XR 750 and they're taking that away. So they gave them that option for, what was it? Two years now. And yeah. was it was a one year, I don't know, oh, one or two years. And now they're taking it away. So it's just another rule. Like I just, yeah, it's like, uh, one year thing, and then we take it away. I just, I think we need, like the long term rules. Like, it's not a big like the teams that twingle. They they have the infrastructure and budget to to switch back and forth. But it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I just any any twingling thoughts.
1: Well, yes, I do have a couple. Um, I I like it because it gives from a tuner standpoint. I like it because it gives you another opportunity to make a parallel twin. More competitive with a with a V platform, um, like you said, it's basically crankshaft firing order, ignition, and camshaft. So it's on one hand, it's not like a crazy amount of work. On the other hand, it is, you know. But um, but somebody like Essence and you know they probably got you know different engines on the shelf depending on what tracks they go to, um, which is which is nice. Big budget teams have that option. Um, but I don't know. I'd like to hear from them firsthand on how many tracks, if they, I'm sure they have the notes, not that they're probably going to give them to us, but like say if, if AFT schedule last year was 18 rounds, if the Essence and guys were competitive in all of them, how many were used in the twingled, you know, category? Because, uh, you know, if they only ran the twingles two or three rounds, I'm not too big. It's not a big deal either way, but if they needed the twingle for, you know, 15 rounds out of 18, and that's how they were competitive. And I'm going to be kind of bummed if, if it puts them completely back on the back foot, because, as much as everybody hates the uh, the Indian restriction stuff, you can't deny that another brand finally got up there and was winning other than just TT. That being said, you know, the backyard guys are certainly not going to be, oh, my Lanta, hold on, a freaking like a 68 Nova just rolled into my parking lot. We might have to cut this short. Oh, my Lanta, black with red stripes. Woo! Anyway, um, nice. back to twingles. It, it just it just creates another uh, another thing of the smaller guys, aren't going to be able to compete like you'd be a perfect example cory your team is probably not going to have a twingle engine or or they wouldn't have had a twingle engine would be my guess you know um it's kind of like hey you get what you get um whereas you know essence and if jd comes in off his standard firing order he's like man i just i need that little bit of extra that the twingle has got okay well get on the backup bike it's got a twinkled engine you know that that makes it nice but
0: you know again I don't. You know, if we're trying to cut costs yeah, I don't. Sorry, to, I, I actually interrupted you for once, but i I don't think uh, I don't think there's I don't like twingling or traction control to be honest. So, but if if there was one or the other, I'd rather see them just take away the traction control completely than yeah twingled. But I'd rather. I mean, I'd like to see both of it gone. Um, but that's just me. So, but yeah, yeah. fair. So fair. Um <clears throat> let's move on to Yeah, what, what you got next? It's only a couple more. Uh the race only engine, so the Indian motorcycle, the external flywheel, crank position trigger wheel may be limited to specific dimensions. I don't know exactly what this means. Um, uh, I do want to give a shout out to Dave McGrath. I did talk to him a couple of days ago just to get some input on these rules. And he explained it to me. I honestly forget like exactly what what that meant, but It's not, it's nothing that's going to change, overly change the landscape of the Indian motorcycle from what I understand. Um, the specific requirements will be posted via a tech bulletin. So I don't know if you have anything there, Rob, you're more tech based, a lot more tech based than I am, but yeah, I don't Basically
1: it's just given, it's taken away the ability to, um, change your flywheel, like to add more weight on the end of the crankshaft and Essentially, you know, I know that there's there's different methods and, and all that stuff, but uh either you know, the Indian and like the XG, which I didn't even think about that, but you know, the XG, you know, we, we would change flywheel weights every once in a while depending on what track service we wanted and, and I'm sorry, what power characteristic on certain track surfaces. So um so I guess it's they're leaving that up to, you know, a future ruling as far as what weights <laughs> they're gonna allow, if any. Um, it'd be a pretty easy rule to police, you know, I'd, I'd assume on the Indians and the Harleys, you would just pull that side cover off. And, and if if you have like, I don't know if they have them by pounds or ounces or what, but uh, if you have a uh, X amount of flywheel weight on the end of there, well, and you're only allowed another X amount, then you're DQ'd pretty simply because it, it does, it absolutely does help. Um, and another thing too, I noticed though, the Yamahas have that ability as well. They've it looks like they've built a, a special, left hand side cover to allow, you know, adding and subtracting flywheel weight as as necessary. But that's not a race only engine. So, you know, maybe they're giving productions a little bump there since they're taking away the twingles. You know, maybe all right, if you're a production engine you can run a little bit more flywheel weight, whereas the, you know, race engines you can't. That's that's my interpretation. Well, and honestly, but
0: honestly, there was uh there was some product bikes in the production twins class this year that had that flywheel cover, which is uh Kind of not production but on the
1: Yamaha's, or are you talking
0: about on, the Harleys? No, the Yamaha. Yeah, there was a there was a bike that that had it. It's kind of. Oh, like,
1: I think the Armstrong have one. Maybe? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was Nick.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but but the the XGs. I mean, I don't think that was illegal in production either, though. I mean, I don't. I don't think. No, I mean, it.
0: nothing. Nothing. Obviously, none of it's illegal. It's just some of the rules. I felt like in production, it was very like flirting with production, quote unquote, you know what I mean? So, um, it wasn't something I, I stressed overly about it. Like I felt like I could still go out and, you know, win, win those races. So if I, if I didn't win, I didn't feel like it was, you know, I didn't look to that for the reason. So it wasn't something I overly stressed over, but something I noticed where it's like, all right, well, the flywheel thing is anybody that knows flat track stuff, that's, that's big. I mean, you know, 450 singles back in the day, anything flywheel related makes a big difference. I feel like with the way the bike hooks up on dirt and um, drives through the corner, carries momentum. Like I think flywheels are, I think it's a big part of uh, what we do and they made some big flywheel changes to the Indian motorcycle last year. And this rule here, I don't think is, it's not going to change or really change the landscape of what they already have, Rob. So, um, so I guess we'll move on to the next one. I want to give a shout out to Jerry Stinchfield. Without Jerry, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast. He's been with, been with us since day one. Uh, one of the good guys does so much for the sport. I'm looking forward to seeing what him and his team do for next year. I think they're going to add some some different components to what they have in their team. And if you need a commercial or an industrial roof, Jerry's your man. He's got nearly 40 years of experience. Check out his website, commercialroofsystems.net. Really appreciate it everything Jerry does for the sport. Uh, a couple more here. Only OEM sensors may be used to provide input to the ECU unless otherwise approved. I don't know exactly what that means, Rob. I don't have a lot of input on that, but it's a red line, so I wanted to make mention. Do you have anything on that?
1: Um, mm, yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're just trying to – to. Um get a more handle on uh electronic stuff is is what it sounds like to me because you can you know run multiple triggers you can run you know there's there's lots of different data inputs that you can use and benefit from um and crankshaft is obviously probably one of the most important simply because it's you know telling you how fast the engine is is going and running so uh uh, I'd like to see more clarification on that rule before I give too much input, because you can do so much with crank triggers and electronics, as we all know. I mean, it's kind of, in a way, it's making sports, right, motorsports, safer, but at the same time, I like, guess, kind of, you know, that was kind of one of them things where you take two steps forward, four steps back, um, because again, the more electronics you have, is is more, um, more, more help you get. And kind of neat. Like, again, we'll use Essence as an example. You know, he's got electronics guys there that probably their only job in that pit is to plug the computer into the bike and, and look at data. So, again, using you as an example, you know, you come in off the track, your guys might plug in a computer just to make sure, you know, cylinders are same temperature or that, you know, you don't have a misfire somewhere. But, you know, I, I don't know. I could just be BS and you guys might never plug in a computer. I don't know. But,
0: uh, uh we, but, you we know, use this power, like, like- Ours is basic though. Like we run a Yamaha ECU, like the GYTR. Um, nothing fancy, like overly fancy. I mean, we do like LJ, we'll we'll like we can change the uh the RPMs a little bit and um add more engine braking, kind of just basic stuff, nothing where it's providing, you know, um like extra traction. I don't know how to even word it, but yeah, it's it's basic stuff, what, what we've always done. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know much about it. So yep. I don't pretend like, I'm not going to pretend to know, to know things like that. <laughs> like I'm not just going to just speak on it, but yeah, I mean, I guess that was something I probably could have asked Dave about, but, um, anyway, maybe we'll address that next week with a follow-up. Um, moving on the last one I have on here, I think this is a big one. Actually. I think this is going to vastly change the, the, um, just the packages for riders next season is the uh, throttle body diameter they're changing. So I'm not exactly sure what they were last year, Rob, maybe you do, but liquid and air-cooled bikes. um, Sorry, liquid-cooled up to 800cc is 40 millimeter. 801 to 900cc is 38 millimeter. So 40 and 38 millimeter. And then the air-cooled is, uh, 40 millimeter as well and race engines are 38 so i i don't know what people were running last year on in the super twins class for do you know offhand what what it was i know honestly a i was banned.
1: yeah i mean honestly i feel bad even saying this man but the the twin stuff is uh is a little foreign to me because when i'm focused on a class i'm running that's only the thing i focus on <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh trying to look up here while we're uh street bike maximum in 2022 was 40 millimeter street bike engines and 38 race only. So did it just go down two millimeters? I'm trying to look. Up. Yeah, okay. So for the KTMs, it looks like it went from it looks like everybody was the maximum inner diameter for all street bike engines was 40 millimeter, and now from okay, that makes sense. Now, ba- essentially, the KTM's or anything eight, 801 to 900 cc instead of 40 millimeter, it's going to 38. So that that is a big difference. Actually, I don't know like the the tech numbers on what that'll change horsepower and everything, but um, but yeah, that's so they're basically handicapping that 801 to 900 cc as opposed to the, you know, the 750 CC bikes. So, okay. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, any, any thoughts on that? No, not really. I mean, it's, it's again, it, it
1: it just sucks that like, you know, the bike hasn't even grown from a toddler yet and it's already getting like restricted in in a sense. Um, I mean, again, I go, I'm just going to say it again. You know, the is listen, man. Like if, if you want to run the 890 or, or X amount displacement, then you have to run under what I would call, you know, super stock rules. There you go. Yeah. Problem solved. Like, like, you am know, I'm, I'm dead set on this engine. I don't have the money to put cams and destroke it or, you know, throttle bodies or whatever. All right, cool. Well, you're under the stock platform. You can do whatever you want to the suspension, the frame, whatever. But that engine
0: and control unit has to be stock. There you go. Alrighty. And then we, I, I sorry, there's one more half a page here. I'm so fucking tired of this the rear wheel <laughs> weight changes every freaking year. It it was forty-two pound. Pa- I don't even know what it is anymore. It was forty-two pounds. I don't either. Then it was forty-eight last year. I bought a forty-eight pound rear wheel. It was not cheap. And now it's back to forty three. So forty two to forty-eight to 43 this fucking rear wheel stuff man it's like i almost just want to see heavy wheels just go away like just look keep it standard um everybody at this point dude we all have 16 different weight rear wheels i mean it's another thing to put in your van like it's not bad for, you know, the, the Essence and hauler Vance and Hein haulers to have all these wheels and tires in their rigs. But for me, like trying to put a 48 pound rear wheel in my van or in the G and G van, like it's like not an easy job. So I don't know. Can we stick with one rear wheel weight for the next decade? Like, can we just do that? I well, think that would be cool.
1: You know, real realistically, you're exactly, you're a hundred percent right. Like let's, but I would say not maybe a decade. I'd say we need rules packages five years. Like
0: Three we're to gonna five stick years. with
1: this. Well, okay, so five years is what I would say. But in the example of like the KTM, you know, we might not know whose manufacturer is making what in five years. So you give allowances, but <laughs> you know, look, if you're a X amount CC bike, these are your rules for five years. Like, period. And and if if somebody builds a bike that fits in those rules. Great. Or if you're, you're saying, well, no, man, but I want to run the, the 800, but, you know, this brand XYZ that I'm getting sponsored by only makes it 850. Well, guess what? If they're sponsoring you with bikes and stuff, then you got a little bit extra money that you can go and de-stroke and stuff. But for the guys that, you know, have their platforms already done and established, like, don't make them go rewrite the whole setup because, you know, these changing the rules every year is, is really bad. I mean, and you're hearing it in all sorts of motorsports, too. I mean, Formula One's horrible about it. You know, but they're talking about
0: I mean, just know. for some transparency alone, like for the fans listening, reading this rule book, this is one page, one little excerpt or whatever you want to say it out of the whole rule book to try and remember all this is confusing. So short race engine and bikes, short track, half mile and miles, 28 pounds. TTs, 31 pounds when an inner tube is utilized. All other machines, 43 pounds. Like it's just confusing. Like I don't know. I just—it's just annoying. I just—it's it's just irritating. I guess. Just we're talking rear wheels. Like it's one little thing that like nobody know. Like literally in the in the pit paddock, whatever you want to say it. Like talking with guys last year about rear wheel weights, nobody even knew what it was then. Like it's just so. No. It's so. It's no, I don't know.
1: I did I not know. know. I, I. I. We were never illegal with Dalton's wheel um but i can tell you right now i never was so worried about it though i went and checked the wheel weight before or during or after the event you know after tech, they wanted to see the wheel or weigh the wheel boom there you go well how you much know, does so, the
0: real wheel how much does it lose weight a tire when you come off the track it's a couple pounds right a pound and a half 2 pounds no, i don't think it's at least that much i
1: haven't no? actually i don't even I, I know i've tested it before i couldn't even remotely tell you like it was it was negligible to me you know cuz it's like dude we're not going to win or lose a race because we went down by the half a pound on weight on the wheel you know what i mean like yeah it's just not happening i mean yeah it's a cool theory it's a cool idea i mean yes heavy wheels and light wheels do make a difference but you know i know some people are like oh i'm gonna run well, didn't
0: somebody you know, get DQ'd, I'm, rob for having like a half a pound too heavy rear wheel i think i somebody I got I, I thought i heard like a singles rider they were a half a pound over on their rear wheel rear wheel um somebody listening can maybe fill me in but um yeah it's just it's just an annoying rule that people don't think about and then like if they're a half pound over or whatever it doesn't make a difference technical but then you're dq'd it's just like yeah
1: it's there's way 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 too many rules like it's the whole rule book could be thrown away and simplified in like a day and it should be but you know, it, it is cool to say, like, we have a humongous rule book and this and that, but it got to the point when I was running my team, I had a, just a straight up copy of the rule book, either in my back pocket or, you know, on the table just because, you know, to confer to it because there's no way. it's you know, Dave McGrath...
0: Sorry, it's 122 pages, the rule book.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Dave McGrath might have it memorized, but there, there's no way. I mean,
0: you know, they, they
1: could simplify everything so much and then distinguish just singles and twins rules but there's yeah definitely uh there's definitely some some hell, of, hell of find out hell if i know going on in there
0: yeah uh, and then the last thing uh use of suspension stroke sensors are prohibited Um uh, it's that fancy little wire thing that ktm had on their bikes i don't know what the hell it did it probably just was because it looked cool <laughs> um i i don't think that i don't think that's a big deal um you're a singles guy right i mean any thoughts on it on the stroke sensors hold on, r-
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just another thing. They're trying to cut down on expenses, um, for the guys that have data, um, you know, for the guys that have data, it's, it's another benefit. Um, you know, suspension is, is, is the most critical thing in racing, in my opinion. Um, and when you have that ability to see how much travel you're using, how fast it's going up and down, you know, just, just, there's so much, again, it's just electronics. man. so, yeah, it kind of, the nerd in me is like, oh, damn, man, I I don't want to run potentiometers and stuff, but the guy that's like trying to be like, all right, well, we need some more racers out there. Well, you know, going up a team when you're just having a regular bike against dudes that have data, I mean, you wouldn't even go to a road race this day and age without having data on your bike. I mean, you're not gonna be competitive, you know, and and most of that data is going to be suspension related. I mean, there's some guys that have brake pressure sensors, um, you know, obviously normal, normal sensors on your bike as well, you know, fuel or coolant temperature, all that stuff.
0: Yeah and I I really like the data side of it man like I um I like the GPS like overlapping the track I use that quite a bit where if I'm trying a high line a bunch of laps and I feel like the low line might be quicker like in qualifying I'll do two laps um each each kind of you know one high one low and then I'll come back and we'll put the um you can overlap the the GPS onto like a map and it shows you like you know like w- what was faster and what corner so um in flat track you know it it's, sometimes you'll enter high exit low and you're not quite sure so I'll I'll go back and I'll look at that data and um I think it's it's benef- it's beneficial like it's really cool that we've we've gotten to that point so uh anyway I that was basically a little red line rule review um I think like I said I don't think there's anything crazy there but wanted to talk about it I'm just hoping moving forward for next year. I, like I said, I wish we could have got the rules out sooner, but it kind of is what it is. It'll be interesting to see what the landscape looks like for the twins for next year. Who's going to ride the twin. I think a lot of the production twins guys will honestly move down to a single. I think it's more cost efficient. Who do you,
1: who do you, who do you think is going to move down to singles? Give me a couple of names <laughs> or are you allowed to say?
0: No, I don't really. I mean, I, I honestly don't, I don't, know a lot I I wouldn't be surprised to see guys like I don't know maybe a Cole Zabala um he's been a good singles rider maybe maybe going to a single um I don't know I honestly I can't see I think we'll have more hold on go ahead
1: well I mean I guess I'm getting specific but you know in Cole's defense like he actually really did well as a twins rider so are you saying that is that team not moving up or did they split with Cole? Or, no, or are you no just speculating?
0: I, I have no idea. I just, I think he would be a good singles rider, honestly, man. And it's something that I think we can talk about in a future pod, but I think the, you have a better shot at making money in the singles class than you do the twins. Like there's six or seven factory spots in the singles And I know what some of these kids are making for salary and bonuses, contingency. They're making like the guy that finishes fifth in singles is almost making more. Actually, he probably is making more than the guy that finishes fifth in super twins. I mean, there just aren't very many salary based spots in super twins. You might have four or five guys that make salary, maybe six. But like the singles, a lot of these top guys, they're making double you know, triple contingency, they're getting paid salary, all their expenses are paid. Like, why would somebody like, um, I'm not, I'm just going to give, like, like like Trevor Bruner, like, if he's making salary bonuses, money with Essenson running a single and being competitive, why would, it, it wouldn't be a smart financial decision for him to move to Super Twins. And I don't know how he would finish. He's a great rider. So let's just say he finishes fifth through seventh he's going to be making way more money staying in the singles class. So the, the, it's kind of the reason I, yeah. and, and I'll talk about it more like the reason I stayed in production twins, like the month, like the, the bonuses and the podium bonuses and the money and financially it was, it would have been stupid for me to go in the super twins. And let's say I get third through seventh or eighth every race, I, I would be making like a way less money. So it just depends like for Cole, that's just an example. I have no idea what Cole's doing or what the team's doing, but if he could go back to a single and be a podium guy, you know, make some bonuses on the podium um, cause he's done it. So it's just like an example rather than, you know, run super twins. And like, he could easily go up and do well in that class, but you know, it's, he's got a better shot. I think financially to make sense of it. At the end of the day, we're like, fuck what the fans think we need to make money. Like this is our job and our career. And you want to like, people will give me shit for staying in production twins so long. I don't give a shit what people think I'm doing what's best for me and my family. And at the time it put riding production twins was, was the move. So a lot of riders need to look at that. Um, Even the guys in super twins that are just grinding, like Davis Fisher doing his own program, Brandon price. It almost would make sense for them to look at riding a single again. Um, granted, they're probably a little rusty because they haven't ridden a single much. We've been so twin focused, but there's more guys getting paid salary in the singles class than super twins. So yeah, Rob, it's something that uh that landscape for next year. I've probably said landscape a hundred times in the show, but that's gonna be interesting to see wh- where guys go and and just everybody listening, all the riders, like all my peers, do what's best for you. Like, Come up with a plan where you can make money. Like you got to make money doing this. This is your career. This sport is way too dangerous to not be making money. The narrative is in flat track. Oh, you don't make any money spend. You know, how do you make a million? You spend 2 million. That's bullshit. Like we should be making money. It shouldn't be like looked at as selfish for these pro guys to go out there and make money. This, This sport is dangerous. We put on a show for the fans um we the riders need to be making more money it's not even like the supercross guys are bitching that they don't make any money and we're arguably dangerous yeah. sport, and we're making way less than they are so it's just it's got to add up and for me it's just even the amount of that money that i was getting paid like you know it's just it wasn't adding up anymore and that was a lot of the decision for me like so yep. that's something we got to look at for sure any fair enough to- <laughs> I feel that sorry. A little bit of a rant, but yeah, no, no. I mean, no, You're you're exactly no. I
1: just I, like when it comes to that topic. You know, I mean, I'll argue with you all day about technical stuff, but like on the the money side of things, like you you've got that going more than me. So, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I mean, do I do I really want to see Davis back on the single? Of course not. You know, but at the same time, like if it makes more sense for him. And and again, folks at home, like we're not saying Davis is going back to singles. We're just using him as an example because he's got a really nice smile and he's really just nice. But he's a really um, nice guy, but yeah, the, it, but there's yeah. other guys like, well, don't just run twins because you think that you're getting like, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather be, I'd rather run top 10 in singles than, you know, 15th and twins, if that makes sense. But
0: it just needs to make sense for people. You know I, mean? Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of, we, we, we've done it to ourselves. So like, this singles class, like it's not a feeder class production twins, wasn't necessarily a feeder class. So it, it's the premier class. Honestly, it probably should be the class with the riders making the most money. So we need to figure out a way to, um, to, to where the singles guys, like the Davis fishers, the guys that are fucking good riders, they need to be, they need to be making way more money. Like there's no reason the sixth place guy in singles should be making more than the sixth place guy in super twins, especially when they're running a $50,000 Indian motorcycle, or, you know, it, it's just, it's not adding up. That's why you have 12 guys in that class, you know, last year because it, it didn't make sense like to do it. So, anyway, we can talk about that more in future pods. We yep. got a got a long winter, a lot going on. Um Rob, you got your uh Panhandle Clash coming up. What are the dates on that? Let's uh let's start plugging that cuz that's going to be a good one.
1: Yeah. December 8th through 11th. Um we did something a little bit different too guys, so for those of you listening coming down uh we're opening up a premier parking. Um, it's worked out really well so far. We tried it with our go kart guys, and they really liked it. So, for the guys that are like, "Man, I don't want to fight the line. I don't want to do anything," like you can pay a little bit of extra money. And just, no, it's not crazy. It's 100 bucks, which is the entire event. So basically, it's 25 bucks a race. You get an hour earlier, and you get, uh, you know, your premier parking spot. So for the guys that are like, "Oh, I don't want to walk," you know, all the way to the track, which at PDT, it's not that far of a walk, but uh, the equestrian center gets kind of spread out, and of course, Southern Raceway is a big old car track, so there's big pits there. Um, but uh, got really cool awards. Uh, uh, you already shouted them out, but Jerry came on board. He's sponsoring the awards for the event, um, and I think they're going to really make some people like really want to get here and do all four events because they are just – they're they're badass awards. They really, really are, and I'm excited to uh, yeah. announce them once they're done. So, uh, so, yeah, Panhandle Clash, December 8th through the 11th. Um, the seventh, we're having a party night at D and D Cycles, so everybody's out. Free food, free drinks, no alcohol, uh, no free alcohol, rather. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. And then and then for me personally, I'm I'm gonna be gearing up for the the uh, the Throwdown. That's uh, I mean, we got to see who's going pro next year and, and and see who can who can stack up. You know, set the yeah, bar. Yeah, I
0: I got a lot of uh, really cool new plans for the Winter Throwdown. I'll announce in future podcasts, but. We're doing things quite a bit differently. I, I think it's a big improvement. Uh, every year we try to improve that event. It's gotten just so big. It's so insane. But trying to uh, to get people excited about the same event year after year. I'm mixing it up a little bit this year. And uh, I think the fans uh, the fans are really going to like what we're going to do. So we'll talk about that. I also have a, um, a Northeast race I'm doing August 25th and 26th. I'm hoping to announce what the track is here. Maybe the end of the week, Rob, I might announce... Where we're going, but it's a good one. It's really good and august twenty fifth august twenty fifth 26th mark your calendars. You're not going to want to miss it. Um if you're anywhere within a twelve hour radius even farther, you're going to want to attend this one. So um we'll announce that here in the in the future. but yeah, man, just appreciate all the fans that follow the pod. um again, um condolences to the whole Weirbach family, Ted and everybody man his whole family we're we're gonna miss i'm gonna miss the messages from uh from dick man he's a really cool guy and this pod was for him make sure you subscribe on soundcloud itunes spotify keeps us going support the sponsors and uh yeah a lot of love for you guys and we'll we'll keep them rolling rob thanks for uh for being you i guess dare i say thanks for being (laughs) you man
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i am me. (laughs) love Um, it or hate it i'm still me
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, and with that being said we out.